Welcome to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Good evening, everyone, and thank you for joining me for another episode of the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640 Toronto. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, founder of singleinthecity.ca. How can we set our intentions for 2022 so that we can date successfully and achieve our goals? Tonight's guest, Annie Parker, one of my faves, by the way, she's been here before. She's going to share more insight into this and how you can incorporate it into your life. Annie is a Reiki master, Theta healer, a shamanic practitioner that focuses on cord cutting, soul retrieval, and chakra clearing so you can break through the generational patterns and trauma of the past and move into the life and love that you desire. She's also part of the Single in the City Mod Squad on Clubhouse. It will be opening our upcoming singles dating seminar, Redesign Your Love Life, on January 28th to the 30th. Tonight, uh, we'll be discussing how to know if you're ready to date again, how to leave the past behind, and uh, ways to move forward with success. Well, thank you so much for joining me again, Annie Parker. How's it going? (laughs) Laura, thank you for having me. I'm so excited to be back. We had such a good conversation last time, and I know tonight is going to be super juicy, so I can't wait. Yes, yes. And tonight, I really want to dig deep into how you can date intentionally this year for better romantic success. So to get started, let's talk a little bit about what it means to date intentionally and and how this can help you in your search for love. Yes, 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 yes. So this really gets down to knowing yourself, right? Knowing what you want. And one of the ways, you know, a lot of times we get so down on ourselves for having difficult past relationships, but it's through those difficult past relationships that we know what we don't want. So then we can turn that into what we do want, right? Because sometimes we have to see what's not working so we can know exactly what will work. And that's what's so excited. And when we really start to focus on what it is that we want, not what not what our parents want, not what society wants, like what we want inside, then we can really start getting intentional about what it is that we want. And a lot of people they automatically assume that dating intentionally just means dating for marriage, right? That is one intention. That's some people's intention. But for some people, dating intentionally can be, I'm just dating for fun. That is an intention, right? So this is literally just getting clear about what it is that you are dating for so that everyone can be on the same page. You know what, Annie, I I love that. This is one of my favorite topics. This is actually what I'm going to be covering in the uh, Redesign Your Love Life dating seminar. I mean, the clearer you guys are, right, the stronger your beliefs and actions are going to become. And this is going to help you attract others who will be in alignment with your intentions and what you want and essentially what you're looking for as well. So before you put yourself back out there, I mean, it's it's hard enough as it is getting back out there, but especially after a failed relationship, I think that it's really important to ask yourself a series of questions before you start dating again so that you can be intentional about what you want in a relationship and a partner. This is exactly what we're talking about here. And this is also going to help you focus on what's really important for you. So let's chat about this, Annie, and why we should have a clear idea of what we want. 
Mm. So you brought up you brought up something so amazing, and that's after we get out of past relationships, how do we know it's time to date again, right? And, mm-hmm. and it's funny because one of the biggest ways um, that that I do that and and that I help people kind of navigate what they want is we oftentimes after we get out of a bad relationship, we play the blame game, right? We blame the other person if something went wrong and all that, but we also blame ourselves for certain things for, for failed relationships for all of that. And it's kind of like we have to get to a point where we can actually use the things that we learned in the next relationship instead of just staying in the cycle and the hamster wheel of blaming either another person or yourself or both. Right. So when you finally got into a space where you can just, forgive yourself and come to a space where you don't have to like the other person, the person you're in a relationship with, at least you can find some compassion and forgiveness for what happened and find um, a space where you learned something from it. Right. Cause I always say if nothing else, sometimes a bad relationship just teaches us boundaries that we didn't have before. So if we can recognize what we learned from it and what we are taking into the next relationship as a growth and a, a learning um you know, something that we learned, then then that is when we can very comfortably and confidently step into the next relationship and we're ready to do that. Yeah, I really love that. And also, Annie, um, figuring out what you want before you start dating someone new is, I think, absolutely essential so that you can ensure that you guys are both on the same page. Because if you don't know what you want, how can you expect them to know what to even give you, right? So knowing what you want is also a good indicator of the fact that you are ready for a relationship. Now, you mentioned something about like, am I ready to date again, right? And, you know, one of the signs that you're not ready to date again is that maybe you haven't completely moved on from your ex, right? So meaning... um, you're not constantly checking their, you know, social media accounts. Um, you're not keeping tabs on what they're doing all the time. You're not asking mutual friends about them. Um, you know, you're not storing their photos on your phone. Like maybe you're still really angry about the breakup, right? Um, but what are some other indicators that, you know, maybe we're not ready to date again? What do you think? I think I think you covered a ton of them because, I mean, how many times, and I know we've done it too, we've all been guilty of it, you know, we kind of, even though we're, we're saying we've moved on, we're saying we're over it, but we're still kind of secretly in the back of our mind hoping mm-hmm. that this is out. And even, even if that's just like a little ego boost for us, right? Even if it's just the ego boost that we want, that rush of knowing that they still want us in some form or fashion, we're still not over it. Otherwise, we wouldn't give too any things about if they were hitting us up again or, or what they're doing or anything else, right? So, and the thing is, like, I'm actually friendly with some of my exes and we're still friends on Facebook. I don't check their page. I know that they're happy. I know that they're in relationships and that's all I care about. You know what I mean? And when you can actually get to a space where you're happy for someone else, you're happy that they've moved on because that's what you want for yourself too. Like that's a good place to be in. And I know it can be difficult to get there. Right. And sometimes honestly, it takes just blocking, blocking, blocking the person, blocking their energy, blocking their communication, blocking all of it until you can get to a clear space and a clear mind 
to know that, that you've healed from this and you can move forward. A lot of people talk about closure, right? They think they want closure. And all really, to me, closure is, is they have something to say to the other person or they want to know why a person did a certain thing. And the fact of the matter is, you may never know. You may never, ever know why someone does something that they do. It could go back to childhood trauma. It could go, go back to anything that has nothing to do with you, and you may never know. The closure is from yourself, right? If you need to write out what you need to say in a letter, if you need to you know, yell it from a rooftop or whatever, that is your closure because you may never, ever get what you want, the answers that you're looking for from another person, and you can't expect that person to give them to you. And I want to go over some of the methods that you use to help people move on from past hurts and relationships in a little bit. But I just want to um, just talk a little bit more about uh, what we're talking about right now on how to really know if you've moved, you know, past your old relationships and you're ready to start dating again. And another tip I want to give, too, is if you're willing to communicate, I think, and compromise. You know, our partners are never going to see everything eye to eye, right? There's always going to be a need for compromise in a relationship. So if you feel that you're not 100% ready to compromise on ev- like anything in a relationship, like maybe your independence, right? You still love your alone time and you like it a lot. Um, your time in general, or life as a whole, then I think it's time to really think twice about diving into a relationship with someone else, right? Because these are things that are going to be really important, possibly to that person. So if you have found independence, right, and you've created your own happiness, and you've also found your own true identity, you know, like by doing hobbies and passions and things that really excite you and make you feel good. I mean, that's another indication that, you know, you're ready to be in a relationship. I think you have to have a clear sense of self, meaning you know who you are, you know what you bring to the table, and you know what you need from another person in order to be happy from that relationship or happy in that relationship. What do you think, Annie? A clear sense of self. It takes a lot of self-awareness. And, and you know, Laura, you and I talk a lot about lists right? Making lists yes. about what it is that you want and things like that. And it is funny because there are, there are some times, right? When people say they want a partner and then they create these lists that are so, I always go back to the movie Practical Magic where, you know, she's little and she doesn't want to fall in love. So she's like, I want one green eye, one blue. I want him to ride a horse backwards. I want this. I want this. Now, you know, we talk a lot about blocking your blessings. If, if you make your list so outrageous that it's un- almost unachievable, you know, you could be kind of self-sabotaging and kind of ensuring, you know what I mean? That could be an indicator that you're not quite ready, right? Because like you said, there needs to be some compromise on some things. I think it's amazing to have a list. I think we should all have a list of things that we want, a list of our non-negotiables. But when you make the list so outrageous, that no one could ever possibly achieve it in life, then you might not quite be ready. I love those points. We're going to continue that conversation. When we come back after the break, we'll be right back. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bilotta from singleinthecity.ca. 
on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. You're listening to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM640. I'm Laura Bellotta, joined by my guest, Annie Parker. And we're just about to get back to our chat on leaving the past in the past so you can move forward and date with intention. Welcome back, Annie. I love this conversation. <laughs> One of the best ways to move forward is by leaving behind things that no longer serve you, things that are holding you back from truly moving forward. Now, hanging on to these things like past partners and relationships means that we don't leave room for someone new to come into our lives. How do we do that? Like, how do we just leave the past in the past, Annie? Now, it's really interesting because it does take some work. This is not something I I see a lot of people try to do it by themselves, right? And that is not something that's easy to do. And that's something that's probably going to prolong your progress, right? Now, I see one of two things. Either people stay alone for a really long time because they're trying to heal all by themselves without any help. Or they jump right into another relationship trying to fill that void, that hole that was left by someone else. And they end up having the same exact issues with the next person because they didn't resolve anything from the last relationship. So what we want to do, I always use this analogy, right? Like we're always going towards our goals. We're climbing the mountain to our goals. And and that goal can be love, partnership, right? Like real partnership where you feel safe, secure, loved, all of the things, right? But as we go through life, whether it's through childhood and we have certain things in childhood that affect us, traumas, whatnot, and a lot of us do, um, we kind of, we put that in our backpack as we're climbing up the mountain to our goals. And then we get hurt a few times, right? And we put that in the backpack, climbing up the mountain to our goals. Before we know it, this backpack to reach our goal of love and, and partnership and abundance and all the things keeps getting heavier and heavier and we're going slower and slower up the mountain. But you need a little help to unpack some of this stuff. And and I always say very transparently for me, when I was going through my divorce, it was therapy. I went to two years of regular therapy, but I also did energy work with it because it accelerates everything. And that's how I became the Reiki master, theta healer, you know, shamanic practitioner that I am now to help people accelerate this process of you know, releasing the pain, shame, guilt, all the things that we carry with us after we have, you know, a difficult relationship, traumatic relationship. And those relationships often start either with our parents or by watching our parents' relationships. So a lot of it goes back to that too. And what about people fantasizing too, Annie? Like reminiscing about all the good times that, you know, that they had with their their ex rather than... (laughs) you know, remembering the bad parts, you know, maybe how you guys didn't speak for 24 hours uh, because you had an argument on a plane ride to your vacation spot. Maybe, maybe that happens or that happened often, or maybe they didn't allow you to be who you were. Maybe every time you were around them, you had to walk on eggshells, right? We tend to hang Mm -hmm. on to all the good memories. And then we, you know, set aside the bad ones where we should be really writing down all of their negative qualities so we can remember them, right? Absolutely. We love to look at things with rose-colored glasses. It's, you know, it's really interesting because especially when we get in a space of loneliness, right, after a relationship or if we've been single for a minute, I call it leading with loneliness and our brain goes straight to, well, they weren't so bad. Um, And it's also that same leading with loneliness that when we do start dating again, 
when we lead with loneliness, it causes us to overlook red flags that are staring us right in the face sometimes. So, you know, we really want to be full and content with ourselves. And that's why that healing process is so important after relationships, because we don't want to lead with loneliness. We want to lead with fullness and confidence in ourselves so that we can find a partner that complements us and accentuates us in such a lovely way where we don't have to overlook red flags. We can see someone for exactly who they are, and then we get to choose whether that person compliments us or they don't. So we don't get into those same bad relationships again, where we are ignoring red flags, ignoring the signs that something's not working that are so blatantly right in front of us. But what I also hear people say a ton, gentlemen included, is, well, you know, it's toxic. It wasn't going very well, but I put so much time in. Um, okay, you know, you're going to stay in something that's not working just because you put time in, because I will tell you what, like time is not a factor because you can meet the right person tomorrow, you know, and, and that relationship can be going a million miles faster than the relationship that wasn't working goes right. Like some people I've, I've seen it where people stay either in partnership or engaged for like nine years, even though one of them wants to get married, it's just not happening. It's not moving forward. Things aren't really good. Right. But then they could meet someone tomorrow that actually compliments them even better. And then they get married within like six months or a year because, you know, they just needed to get rid of the wrong person, the wrong energy and make space for the right one. I must admit, I was one of those people. You know, I stayed in relationships because of that. I put the time in. I'm like, well, what are my parents going to think? You know, they already think that I jumped into relationships too quickly. If this one ends and what are they going to think? Right. So I would stay in relationships. You have to make yourself happy. You can't make your parents happy. I mean, be nice in a perfect world that you made yourself happy and your parents happy, but you have to think of yourself first. <laughs> yeah. um, so, right, Annie? How many people do Absolutely. that? Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. And that's that's the thing. I mean, and, and especially because I work with people from all around the world. So I see different cultures. I see cultures where arranged marriages are still a thing and, and people, you know, want to break away and, and marry who they want to marry and love who they want to love. And it's still really difficult sometimes to go, I want something different. I want what I want. You know what I mean? So it, it is, it, it depends on what's going on in your life to, to be able to find your voice and find your power and take your power and go, this is what I want. This is what's going to make me happy. Right. It's, it's sometimes it's a huge risk, but it's often a risk that's worth taking. Annie, tell us a little bit about some of the methods that you use to help people move on from, from the past and any hurt that they might be holding on to. Mm, yeah, definitely. So I, I do a two hour ceremony um, called a cord cutting and soul retrieval ceremony. And in that ceremony, you know, we, we talk, we do a little bit of talk therapy where we find out what's on the forefront of our mind, right? This is our um, forward presenting thoughts, the thoughts that we're always thinking about, we know they're there, right? But then we have our subconscious thoughts that are kind of planted in the back of our brain. Most of those thoughts get planted between birth and like seven years old. We don't know that they're there sometimes. So we, we start to dig in and find out what's on the subconscious as well as the conscious. So we can see where our thoughts are and where they are rooted from, right? Because a lot of times these relationships that we get into 
we didn't get in these situations for no reason. It, it came about because we either have a lack of boundaries or we saw something toxic, we experienced something toxic, and, and we haven't healed from it. We're trying to fill a hole, right? So we get to the root of what that is. So then I go in energetically when we start the energy work, I balance and clear the chakras. Those are our our power centers, our energy centers, including our heart. And that's what I'm going to be doing at the Redesign Your Love Life seminar. We're going to be opening up that heart space because what we do often is we build this invisible wall when we've been hurt, right? We build this invisible wall in front of our heart. And even though our brain, our forward thinking brain says, I want love, I want partnership, this wall, this shield in front of our heart is blocking people out and we don't even realize it and, and it's blocking abundance and people and all these things from coming in it's blocking our ability to receive love so we want to make sure we are breaking down those walls right we can still stay protected and, and we don't have to put ourselves out there to be hurt again we're going to start to trust our intuition right we're going to tap into our intuition and learn how to trust and be more intentional like we are talking about but then we go into the shamanic journeying where we have conversations. If we need to have conversations with our parents to resolve an old issue, if we need to have conversations with our younger self, right? Something that happened when we were a child or a teenager that's still affecting us today because those subconscious mindsets and those old wounds, they can pop out when we are reacting to things or when we are going into relationships with people. And we don't even know why we're acting the way we're acting sometimes, but it's like triggered by this old wound that's still there. So we go in to really kind of get a new framing on it and gain some resolution around it and release the energy that's holding on there. So it's not, we can just unpack it, let it go. And then if we do have energetic cords with parents, you know, and, and these are just cords of resentment. These are not positive cords. People have asked me like, well, can you, can you, you know, cut a good cord with someone? No, you can't. You know, we are literally just anything that has negativity or resentment that doesn't need to be there. We are letting go of that negativity and resentment. So we don't carry it into our next relationship because a lot of times when we don't let that stuff go, we end up making our next partner pay for what someone did to us in the past. And that is not fair. Mm. That is nope. what, yeah, that is what makes the relationship <laughs> difficult. Right. Yeah. And yeah. you're starting off on the wrong foot that way. Do you have any tips uh, for our listeners to start working on this at home? Oh, my gosh. So, yes. And I I really want you guys to... So a lot of times when you hear meditation, right, people are like, oh, I have to sit, you know, on the floor and ohm and I can't do that. Like, you know, meditation can look so many different ways, right? I like laying down. Can we lay down? Because like sometimes I'll be like, sit up in an upright position. I'm like, no, I'm just going to lay down because this is what that that's what makes me comfortable because sitting up straight makes my back like it hurts my back. Does it matter when you're meditating? No. And that's the thing is you can do whatever you want when you're meditating. I like to go for a walk when I'm meditating. I used to work out when I, when I was going to the gym and working out um, twice a day. I was a, a fitness, um, a fitness pro. I would meditate while I was working out because really all you're doing when you're working out, you're just focusing on your breath, right? Your muscles and your mm -hmm. breath. 
Well, my focus would be on my breath and that would clear out any of the thoughts because I was just focused on my breath. So when I'm going for a walk and I do the same thing in the shower, I'll tell you how. When I go for a walk, I think about all the excess energy, right? Your parents, what your parents want for you, what society wants for you, all the thoughts, all the craziness, you know, what, what your exes said to you, whatever it is, I allow all that energy. And it's almost like I picture it like pig pen from, um, from Snoopy and peanuts, right? Like it looks like a big ball of dust and dirt floating around your brain. Like allow all of that to flow down your body. And every time you take a step outside, allow it, like just push it right through your feet into the earth. Like you are just pushing it down into the earth with every step you take, allowing it to just flow all the way down to your feet. You can do the same thing in the shower. When you're standing in the shower, all of that excess energy floating around your head and the, the thoughts and other people's stuff and whatever, whatever, allow the water to just rinse it right down your body, right down to your feet and right down the drain. Literally meditation can be five minutes and as simple <laughs> as that, where you just let it go. Some of that stuff off. Yeah. Wash it yeah. off. Those are great tips. Time for another quick break. When we come back, we'll be chatting about how we can learn from the past and the present to move forward. Now back to the Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio, 640 Toronto. Welcome back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM 640. It's Sunday night, guys. I'm Laura Bellotta, your host, joined by this week's guest, Annie Parker. We're getting back to our chat on how you can move forward and date intentionally this year. Now, of course, uh, you know, while we want to let go of the past, I think it's really important to look back at past relationships, and and, uh, we spoke about this briefly at the beginning of the show, Uh, look at your past relationships to help you determine what you want from your next relationship. Um, And also, by looking back, right, it gives you a chance to see what went wrong and what worked. So let's chat about this. How can we use this for better relationships in the future, Annie? Yeah. So the first thing we have to do is start getting really honest with ourselves, right? Because we talked Mm -hmm. before about looking at things with these rose colored glasses and only seeing the good things. Right. And we want to get really honest about not only what worked and what didn't, but what our role was, because I mean, like I said, I went to therapy for, for two years, along with doing my energy work after my divorce, because I knew that my communication style was not going to work in my next relationship if I wanted a healthy relationship. My communication style that I had adopted from watching my parents growing up and things like that, that was not the communication style I wanted with a partner. So I was like, I need to make the effort to work on this and fix this and correct this so I don't talk like this with someone else. I want to learn how to have productive, amazing communication with a partner and it it really was the most beneficial thing but it takes so much self-awareness and not everyone is in a space to have that right like and and it's you really have to be willing to be honest with yourself and also be willing to do the work and because when we can look back and I don't know if you've ever listened to Abraham Hicks 
they literally say when you look back at and, and see what you don't want, it's actually a good thing because it's only through what you don't want, then you know what you do want. So it's actually a great thing to to see what you don't want sometimes. Yeah, I always tell my clients that too, right? Make a list of all the things that went wrong and try to find solutions. I think about how you can avoid making these same mistakes again so that you don't repeat the same cycle over and over and over again, right? Okay, so now that let's just say you've taken a look at your past relationships, right? So what's next? It's time to think about what you want in your next relationship. So, you know, you have to start asking yourself, what are you really looking for? You know, what type of relationship do you actually want? Um, What do you want to get out of the relationship? And, you know, knowing all this is going to give you a better idea of, of where you can get started. So, you know, your deal breakers, what are they? You know, what are the things that you're not going to budge on? So, Annie, let's talk about maybe how you can determine this, your deal breakers, your negotiables, your non-negotiables, your must-haves, your whatever you want to call it. Let's take a look at how people can uh, figure this out. So literally, even looking at other people's relationships sometimes and just observing, without judgment, but just observing, not only your past relationships, but other people's relationships, you can start to go, oh, I really like that dynamic. I even do this when I go on dates sometimes. If a date, if I like the way a date is treating me or I like something they've done, even if I don't think it's going to work out for a long-term partnership, I'll be like, oh, wow, yeah, I want more of that, right? So when we acknowledge what we want more of, whether it's on a date or in partnership or something that we see, we can add that to our list. And You know, one thing that I learned this year that I had to put down as a non-negotiable was, you know, there are so many different relationship styles now. And Laura and I talk about this a lot in Single in the City because we have to. There is, you know, monogamous, obviously, like your traditional relationship. You have polyamorous, you have open relationships, you have all these different things. And that goes back to dating with intention. But I never dreamt in a million years that I would need to have monogamous as a non-negotiable because that's what I'm looking for. That's my intention. But literally, you have to get that specific when you are being intentional about what you want. You have to be so specific um, right down to, and, and yes, there can be some flexibility, right? Because you can put as a non-negotiable, I don't want someone that smokes, but, you know, perhaps you meet the love of your life and they're trying to quit or something like that. And you might have to find a little bit of compassion and flexibility there, right? So, you know, that's where your non-negotiables are going to be things that, that you will not deviate from. Like, I, I I will not have anything other than a monogamous relationship. That is what I desire. That's what I want. That's what makes me happy. But then the rest of your list can be like, you know, I want someone that is very supportive of, of my endeavors. I want someone that wants to travel with me, right? Because I have dated people that they're afraid to fly. They would not get on a plane. And I love traveling the world. So that clearly may not work. So Mm -hmm. it's, You know, do you have the same morals and, and, you know, ideas about things? And we also need to keep in mind that dating is a learning process, right? And we are learning about ourselves throughout our entire dating journey. And every relationship and dating experience is an opportunity to learn more about what you want and need in a relationship, okay? Because when you know who you are and what you value and what you believe in, 
what you're going to be able to do is express yourself with more confidence, which will help you believe in who you are and what you have to offer somebody else. So I really encourage you guys to make a list of everything that you need and everything that you want in a partner. So your needs versus your wants, okay? And write them down so that they can become a reality. So your needs are going to be different than your than your wants, okay? Those are qualities that matter to you the most. So things like your values, like what Annie was speaking about, um, your ambitions in life, like your goals in life. Maybe you want to have children. That's something that you need. Like that's something that's so important to you, all right? And now it's important to voice them or you might end up compromising uh, what it is that you really want and need in your relationship. Now your wants, are things that you can be a little bit more flexible on, things like somebody's occupation, maybe um, their intellect, you know, maybe their physical attributes, like maybe things like their height or their weight, their body shape, their hair color, okay? Even if certain traits seem crucially important at first, you know, sometimes and over time, you're going to find that those things that were really important to you before may not be so important to you now. Um, so Annie, how can we visualize what we want or need from a partner? Cause I'm a big, and I'm sure you're an energy person, so I'm sure you are as well. So how can we visualize what we want from a partner? And we're going to take a quick break. Uh, when we come back, we're going to be discussing how you can use all of this as you begin your search for love. Dating and Relationship Show with Laura Bellotta from singleinthecity.ca on Global News Radio 640 Toronto. Back to the Dating and Relationship Show on AM 640. I'm your host, Laura Bellotta, with the amazing, gorgeous, beautiful Annie Parker. We're getting right back to our discussion on dating intentionally and what you should be mindful of as you get back out there. All right, so now we are clear about, you know, what we don't want, what we want uh, from a partner. Now, how can we visualize what we need from a partner? I'm a huge fan of visualization, and I'm sure you are because you are an energy person. So how can we go about doing that, Annie? That's such a good question. And yes, I'm I'm actually a manifestation coach as well. So visualization, we almost have to take it a step further. And so for me... It's really interesting because I, I took feng shui classes. I wanted to know everything about like, like getting the energy right to manifest, right? And feng shui even says like if you live alone, you should even have, if you, if you are in your bedroom and you have, you know, your bedroom set up, it shouldn't be set up for one person. Even if you live alone, it should be set up for two people. You should have two nightstands. You should have room in your closet for someone to come in. And I, that's how I live my life. And even to the fact that, you know, I have on my visualization, I want to be cooking with someone and I want to be dancing in the kitchen while we're cooking. And you have to literally like turn on your music while you're cooking, even if you're alone. And it's almost like you 
feel that person dancing with you and cooking with you, even when you're by yourself, right? You, you literally, it goes beyond visualize, visualizing. You have to actually be in that energy and feel it. So one of the things that I have on my list is butterflies. I want someone that gives me butterflies. And, mm. and so we have to get in those moments where we actually feel butterflies because that's when we are feeling our partner as we are visualizing and that's what's going to draw them in faster. And you have to always, when you're writing things down, you have to write it in very present or even past tense sometimes, not in future tense. Like my, my partner's going to have this, my partner's going to have that. No, they already do. They already do. They already have it. They've already had it. And and they're already on their way to you, right? It's already here. But that's the way you have to speak when you are visualizing, and that's how you have to feel when you're visualizing. Yes, and I tell this story on uh, on Clubhouse how I returned to bed. I bought a queen, and the next day I went to return it. I said, my future boyfriend is not going to fit into this, in this bed. <laughs> I returned it. I got a king. I actually had to sell it on Marketplace. I got a king. And of course, I, you know, manifested my six foot four, 265 pound man who would not have fit in a queen bed with me and the dog at that time. <laughs> so I love it. Work. You're making me want a bigger bed. <laughs> it does work. There you go. <laughs> so as we date, it's important to trust your gut and to keep an eye out for red flags that might go against what you truly want. So let's talk about some of these red flags that we should be keeping an eye out for. Absolutely. Absolutely. Because the number one thing that I see, not only with my girlfriends, right, but with my clients is people will literally tell you who they are right up front. And sometimes if we really think we like someone, we will let it breathe right by and act like we didn't even hear it. And Uh I see it so often. I, I, one of my girlfriends, she's gorgeous. She started dating someone she liked. And he told her straight out in the first couple dates that he wasn't looking for anything serious and and she didn't want to hear it she let it go and by month three of them just kind of dating and you know being intimate and all that she finally came out and asked him where is this going and he's like well I don't want anything serious and she thought the whole time it was leading somewhere serious and it's like you didn't hear him back at the beginning when he said he's just here for fun you know And, and a lot of times we do miss that when we're not paying attention, when we're not listening, but people will very oftentimes either with what they say or what with, with what they don't say, right? When people don't want to answer a question, when people don't want to say where they're at, that is saying something too. So if your gut feels a little bit off and that's where we have to take the loneliness out of it and our, our desire for partnership, we kind of have to set that aside on a shelf for a quick minute and go, what am I really feeling about this? Because I just don't know. Because if you're sitting there having to question a whole bunch about how a person feels about you, it shouldn't, you shouldn't have to question that hard. And and you may be missing some things that they said right to you already. And you know what, like if you're talking to someone or, and you have been chatting with someone for a while and they don't, want to hop on a phone call or a video call with you, like stop wasting your time. Honestly, how long should you wait? Like I would probably wait maybe, I don't know, 
tops? Like, what would you wait, Annie? I'd probably wait two to three weeks tops because sometimes people get busy and I get that, right? But then after that, it's like, no excuses. Like, if you can't hop on a call or a video chat, <laughs> you're hiding something. So move on from those people, you know? I mean, we have, there are so many more red flags. We can't talk about all of them here, but, you know, we will be covering them in the Redesign Your Love Life Ultimate Dating Single Seminar, which we will be talking about very, very shortly. I just have another question for Annie before we we end the show. Um, Annie, I'm a big fan, like a big, 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 big fan of setting boundaries early on, right, to prevent negativity uh, or to prevent negative and unhealthy situations. So let's take a look at some boundaries that can be communicated from the first date. So I'll start us off, okay? I think it's important to share your communication style. So how do you feel about social media, for example? Like, are you a texter? Do you prefer phone calls? You know, like, do you want to text all day, like every day? When are you most available, for example? Do you want to share one? Sure. Um, as far as sharing a boundary? Yeah, like early on, like what's something you can communicate early? Because, you know, yeah, we often get confused and go, can I ask that on a first day? You know, but that's something that you can talk about, right? Like, how do you like to communicate? Absolutely. And I actually just did this with someone. Um, they they asked me, you know, the day before, like, do you want to do you want to grab dinner or drinks tomorrow? And I said, yeah, sure. That sounds great. And then um, they never followed up, never said anything about until about 9 p.m. the night that we were supposed to go for dinner or drinks. And they were like, all right, I'm ready now. And I was like, I'm sorry, I don't do last minute things. Like, I don't like I need it because we've never gone out before. I don't know you. So like at least in the beginning, I'm all for spontaneous, but not when I'm just getting to know someone. Right. That that needs to be planned. My time needs to be respected. And I'm not going to just you know, at 9 p.m., you're you're expecting me to what? Sit on the couch and be ready with my heels and makeup on? That's never going to happen. So absolutely not. That's a hard boundary. I will not do stuff last minute when we do not know each other yet. Nope. Yeah. And also, um, I'll share one more. So just be very clear on the commitment that you want. If you're looking for a serious monogamous relationship, but the person you're on a date with is looking for something more casual or open, it doesn't really matter how much chemistry you guys have it, it's probably not going to work out so this is something that you you know you definitely want to be upfront with and talk about at the beginning so that neither person gets hurt or feels like they've wasted their time we have so many more of these tips to share with you guys um, in our redesign your love life seminar which is going to be happening january 28th to the 30th uh, this is a virtual seminar um, which will feature a series of workshops that will give you the tools that you need to put an end to your single status. For more details, visit my website, singleinthecity.ca. Uh, you'll see uh, a pink banner up at the top. Click on that, and it'll give you all the details you need. Annie, where can people get a hold of you if they'd like to learn more about you? I know you're going to be in the seminar, but if they don't book the seminar, where can they get a hold of the gorgeous Annie? Yes, thank you. Well, I really hope they do book the seminar because that's literally the most inexpensive way you'll ever find in life to have myself, you, all of these experts. We have 14 different experts that are going to be taking the stage all weekend long. Plus, you'll get a recording if you're not able to be there for the entire thing, which is unheard of. So, um, yeah, you can reach me on Instagram, Clubhouse. Um, or even Facebook at Ms. Annie Parker. That's M-S Annie Parker, A-N-N-I-E-P-A-R-K-E-R. And um, 
You can always find me, you know, tagged on, on Laura's pages and in the single in the city group on clubhouse. Uh, again, there is just Ms. Annie Parker, MS Annie Parker. Thank you so much, Annie Parker. And uh, you can reach me official Laura Blotta on Instagram again, single in the city.ca for more information. Thank you guys for joining again for another amazing week. See you next week. Ciao.